Hello and welcome back to the Landscape Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Macy Nelson, just a nerd on a mission to show you how landscape architecture is connected to everything around us. And if you're listening, that means you're at least just a little bit curious about what we're talking about. And maybe you want to know a little more. If you want to see some more like nerdy landscape commentary and content, please feel free to check out the Instagram at Landscape Nerd. It's a good time. It's extra information for each episode. And we have a little community over there on the Instagram and people just, you know, talk about the things they love. So I hope you can join us. But if you don't know that much about landscape architecture and you're tuning in for like the first time, the field is like the field covers so much. You have something from gardens and you can go all the way into like academia. There's just so much that the profession covers, but there's also a professional licensed designation. So you can actually practice landscape architecture, the practice of building these spaces in landscape. And in order to become a licensed landscape architect or a registered landscape architect in North America, you got to do a couple things. First, you have to graduate from an accredited school. You have to work underneath a currently licensed landscape architect. And the number of hours that you have to work varies depending on the state. And lastly, you need to pass the LARE or the LARE or the LARE. That is the Landscape Architecture Registration Exam. And it is administered by CLARB, the Council of Landscape Architectural Registration Boards. I know so many acronyms. They prepare, administer, and score the LARE. And that exam just assesses the ability of licensees to practice safely. Like it puts the public's health, safety, and welfare first above everything else. But this exam is notoriously like just a looming thing over a lot of people who want to become licensed. I should also note licensure is not a requirement to be in the field. You know, like I said, you could be someone who's interested in garden design. You don't need a license for that. You can be in academia. You also need a license for that. You can be a consultant. You can be a part of public engagement. You can be a part of policy and law. Like there's there's nothing that says if you studied landscape architecture, you have to become a licensed landscape architect. But it does help our profession to have a stronger voice when it comes to the environment and how places are built. So that way we can start to inform how places become more equitable for everyone and more accessible. Now, the exam itself is four sections long, right? So you don't just sit down and take one exam. You take four different sections. You can sit down and take them all in one period of time if you want, um, or you take them one time every testing session, which is about every four months. And the sections go section one, project and construction management, two, inventory and analysis, three, design, and four, grading, drainage, and construction documentation. So I personally have taken all of the exams, but I failed section three twice and I failed section four once. So I do not have my license, but I'm still working on it. However, when you find out that you fail an exam, it feels like really awful. But statistically, it's it's pretty common and it's also OK. Only about 50 to 60 percent of test takers actually pass. There is a formal change coming in December 2023 and the number of sections remains the same, but the configuration of the subjects, the ones that I listed, they like shift around a bit. But you can learn more about that if you want to by visiting CLARB's website. So like I said, the exam isn't, it isn't 
easy and some people don't find it hard, but the reality is it's just a test. So the downside is with tests, they can make you feel like you're inadequate or unqualified, but really you just may not know the test itself. You can have all the knowledge, but maybe the way you take tests, the way you study for tests is just different. And this exam has a specific wording and question types. But the big downside is that when there's only one way to licensure or there's only one registration exam, we have to figure out how to study for it and pass it in order to become licensed professionals. So studying for the exam, I would say, is hard, but the exam itself may not be. CLARB has a list of resources on their website to study from, along with a list of topics that are covered in the exam in each section. But the profession just covers so much that it's hard to know what to study or where to find the information unless you have access to all of the study material and you have time to sift through it. Over the years, people have created and shared study guides and workshops have been developed to help people pass. But money and time limit accessibility to studying for the exam. And that can often stall the licensure process for some people indefinitely. Speaking for myself as a mom, I had my son before entering the profession. So my time was already split between work and motherhood. So adding on time for studying and the financial pressures of taking the exams, the financial pressures of getting the materials, it, it's all very daunting. But I'm dedicated to getting licensed, even though that last round of fail, failed results, it was almost enough to get me to give up. Fortunately, there are people out there who are trying to make studying for the exam more accessible. For example, ASLA, the American Society of Landscape Architects, they have a program that I'm a part of called WCLAP, which is the Women of Color Licensure Advancement Program. It's a support resource specifically for women of color in the profession to help increase representation. The current demographics of licensed landscape architects is around 80% male and 85% white. So yeah, there is a big need to get more people licensed. So that licensed professionals look more like the communities that we're trying to serve. Another great resource is from this incredible woman who we're going to talk to today. She is a landscape architect who has recognized that there is an issue when it comes to studying for the exam. And she understands that time is a valuable resource and has done an incredible job of organizing the study process with a new resource called Pass the LARE. Let's get started and hear from her now. My name is Claire Kern. I am the creator of Pass the LARE. And Macy, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really appreciate you reaching out. We're a brand new company. We were, I started in, started it in 2021, but it takes quite a long time to create these resources and hone them and get them where they are to the level that they're available to the public. And so we officially launched in 2022 in November. So we're only a couple months old. So really appreciate you inviting me to this podcast, just trying to spread the word out there. Not a lot of people know about us yet. I don't think I could have gotten to you fast enough. I think as soon as I saw the like tagline, I started writing out a message <laughs> to you. I was like, yep, that, yeah, somebody's trying. So thank you so much for being here and being willing to talk about this and get, even though it's new, being like ready to meet the world with this is really awesome. So if you could explain what is past the LARE or past the LARE, whichever is easier for you to get through, because we're probably going to say this a lot. 
I know I find myself like the syllables start running together. Yeah, so we are a test prep company, as I mentioned, starting in 2022. Website is pastthelare.com. And our mission is to provide study resources that are current, accessible, and similar in content and format to the actual LARE. And each one of those are a mission in themselves <laughs> for Anybody who's listening to this who has taken the LARE or familiar with the LARE knows how much of a challenge each one of those are and uh, that there's a void right now in the market for each one of those items. And so I experienced that when I was studying for the LARE, oh, I don't know, back in 2019-ish. Everybody I knew experienced that. It seems to be a really common thing in our profession to struggle with this exam and I'm a good test taker, so I was able to blow through these exams, but I didn't blow through them because I was an exceptional landscape architect. I blew through them because I was a good test taker. And I kept seeing really good landscape architects struggle with these exams over and over again. And it just, it struck to my empathetic self that we've got to do better. We've got to do something about this. There needs to be more resources out there that that help for this extremely difficult exam to navigate. And so that's our mission is to do just that. I really appreciate that. You lead, you led into the next question of like why you started it. But when you said, it's not because I'm a great landscape architect, that's so important because it's it does feel so tied to our worthiness and like our ability to be a designer on whether or not you can pass the LARE, even though it clearly states that it's a minimal competency, even though people all from CLARB will say it's about minimal competency. The fact that this is the only pathway, it you can't help but tie yourself up in it, I think, especially when you are new to the profession and you're trying to figure out what it takes to be credible in it. The layer just seems so big. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's a really difficult exam. Yeah, I know people who have been practicing for 15 years. They have their own practice and yet this exam trips them up. So it's really difficult. It's really tricky. And so, yeah, I just wanted to create a resource that speaks to what the exam covers and helps people prepare for that. There's a lot of different ways that people study, a lot of different avenues out there, but I wanted to really create something that was accessible, very affordable. The whole, the what I saw that was missing when I was taking the exam was it was a lot of, this is pre-COVID, there was a lot of, you fly out to California, you spend the whole weekend at at, at a- Like a workshop or a- A workshop, thank you. Yeah. yeah, at a workshop. And those are great. Those are awesome. Those are wonderful ways to learn, but that's not accessible to everybody. And so I wanted to create something where you could spend an hour on a Monday night, log into a test that's available for- the entire time you're studying for that exam, the whole three-month period that you're studying for that exam, log in, do a couple questions at a time, use that as a study guide, go back, find that reference material, which is something that's provided in our exams. We list the book and sometimes the chapter if it's relevant to a specific chapter. Sometimes the content really spans over too many chapters and it's not really relevant to one particular chapter to pull out. But to take that you know, that one or two questions, study that content and be able to master one or two topics a night. And that's, to me, the only way that you're really going to be able to pass these exams and to understand the content enough to be able to apply it across multiple different scenarios, multiple different question types 
when you get to the real exam. I'll start off by saying right now, all that we offer is practice tests. And so we have two practice tests for each section. So there's eight total. In the future, I want to expand and provide other study resources. Perhaps it's it's videos or it's study guides or it's flashcards or it's other different, because everybody studies differently. Everybody can use their content in a different way. So my goal is to expand into different avenues, but that's phase two, phase three, phase four on down the line. So we started with these practice tests and the intent was that these practice tests are a practice test and a study guide combined in one. And so each test is the exact same format as the real landscape architecture exam. So it has the same number of questions as the real exam, and it's the same format, right? So there's multiple choice, there's select all, there's hotspot. There's not a drag and drop, but there is matching, which is the same, I feel like the same thought process as drag and drop. I just, we couldn't get the software to, to create a specific drag and drop type. But again, I think it's the same thought process there as you're matching those. So each exam is the same number of questions, the same content. You can log in, you can do a couple questions at a time, as I mentioned, you can take the exam as many times as you want. And if you want to just do a couple questions, you skip to the end, it gives you feedback. So every single question gives you the correct answer and then an explanation for why that correct answer is what it is and why the other answers aren't the correct answer. And then it references, this is found in this book, this chapter for further study. And all of those are CLARB approved resources. They're on the CLARB recommended reading list. And that's the outline of the test. That's great. I did want to hit on something that you said about the future for your, for past the LRE, because the test taking simulation was so helpful. But yeah, that other learner type, like the visual learners, I think that's a huge reason why the test right now is not accessible is because it, the resources available don't cater to other types of learners. And I would be more than happy to collaborate with you on whatever that is, because a lot of landscape material isn't catered to other type of learners, like any of these cool books and even textbooks, like they're not audio, they're not visual. There's no other way to get it other than reading giant books <laughs> at a time. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's, yeah, I love the future plans too. And you're absolutely right. Right now, it really does speak to just one type of learner. The way that you have to study for this exam as it exists right now is basically a free-for-all. There's no one way to study for any type of exam, but we get a list of approved books and resources that tries to encompass everything that the test is going to have. And then we have to figure out what's important. And that's pretty much all you get <laughs> if you're trying to do this on your own or if you're lucky enough to either work in a firm where people are handing down information and they've created more refined resources, that's great. But it really is kind of like a free-for-all as how you study for this thing. So here are these 100 questions for each one of these exams or 80 questions, depending on which exam it is. But here are these questions that we've pulled across these books. And this is the subject matter that you need to know, which is a huge undertaking and which did, like I mentioned, take years to do. But I think it's a really valuable resource for the profession because obviously not everybody has time to do that. Yeah. The, could you talk through like maybe a step one of, okay, you noticed that this was a problem. Then did you go back through the books yourself? Did you like, like, how did your brain figure out how to put this together? 
Yeah. So across many different resources, right? I attended those workshops that I was mentioning earlier from the books, from interviewing people who have taken it, from talking to ASLA committees, talking to CLAR, like I said, conducting interviews, reading through the books, flashcards, study guides, really just all across the board, taking everything, sifting through it and figuring out, okay, what is, what is relevant? What are these subject matters that we need to cover? And what is really just fluff that don't get too hung up on this. It's just so much. It's so much information. That's why I'm so impressed that you're, you did it. Like once I took the exam, because when I talked to you, it was before I had taken a practice exam. And so when I saw it, just as you explained, it was not just, oh, this is the right answer. And this is why it was also explaining why the other answers were incorrect, because that is, I think, something a lot of people get hung up on is they can't tell why these other ones aren't correct or that like little intuitive feeling of you're a creative thinker. So you go, it could be this in this scenario. Absolutely. I remember again, when I was studying, I was in all these different Google groups, different study groups for different exams. And we would spend 45 minutes on one sample question, digesting it, talking about, I thought this was the right answer. I thought this was the right answer. Why isn't this one the right answer? It could be in this scenario. But we played through that over and over again. And with the LERE, you really just have to put your blinders on. You really have to say, okay, let's just take this at face value. What do I think that Clark wants to hear? What do I think that the LARE is going to have this answer be? Not what I've experienced in practice, not what I learned in school, all of this stuff. Just what do I put my blinders on and from a health health and welfare, right? Safety and welfare. Mm -hmm. What do I think that answer is? And that's how you really have to approach every question on the LARE, regardless of what you think that you've experienced in your own personal profession that that may or may not be relevant. Here, I want to mention that she got CLARB's blessing to create this resource. And I think that's wonderful that we are all genuinely trying to work together to get more people licensed, but they're just this discussion of blinders is really interesting to me because CLARB, as the administrator of the test, has has their framework they have their blinders on so i'm just really curious as to how we who are not pre-blinded how do we meet them where they are right like how do we figure out how to get into the mindset of the exam is there any sort of like advice you have for how to get the blinders on because like you said it's not what you experience in practice it's not what you experience in school but How can you put on your health, safety, welfare blinders? Yeah. And I think, and I'll say this before I answer the question, I think that CLARB has gotten a lot better. Yes, I did. To confirm what you were saying, I did speak to CLARB. They did give me my blessing and they've been great to work with. They really have. And and I think they've gotten, I think the test has gotten so much better over time. Yes, our profession's been around since Frederick Law Olmsted, right? But the last... 50 years, 40 to 50 years is really when I feel like our profession has taken a big leap and we've really gotten a lot of exposure and we're still fi- our profession spans it's so broad there's it reaches so many different corners and i think we're honing in on that now i think the profession itself is figuring out what, who we are and i think clarb is helping with that and this exam is helping with that and every 3 to 4 years when they roll out a new format and they roll out updates that is helping to hone so i do think it's getting better But obviously we have a long way to go. I love that you put it in that framework because I've I've been a part of many conversations where it's mostly frustration and anger 
about the test and how it's set up. And the fact that you're talking about that we're all learning together, I think is so helpful to say we can't stop the exams until we figure out, right? Like what we are, like that doesn't help the profession. It's so young that we can't expect for it to be perfect and get it right now, especially because it's so new and there's not that many of us. There's a lot, but there's not that many compared to older professions. And so putting Clarb as one of the people who are trying to help hone it in, I think is a really critical and missing part of the narrative when it comes to casual conversations about the lair. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Our profession, landscapes evolve, right? (laughs) Yes. It's intrinsic in itself. And our profession is evolving. And I think, like I said, this is part of that. It's a very difficult thing, but we're, we're all on this wave and riding it and together with the rise in computers. Our profession now, we do everything on the computer. Yes, we do some hand renderings. We do some hand drawings, but the majority of our work is done through computer and that's reflective in the test, which I think it should be. So I think that's that's concurrent with just the way the world is going and that across other exams as well. At this point in the conversation, we just start talking about what else she wanted to see in the exams and how we could make studying fun. And as we are evolving as a profession, like how do we get in some of this new information that we know in practice is applicable to licensure? But like we said, the test has to meet us there. But these are some of the ideas we came up with. This is getting my mind going of like other ways to make it visual and especially because our brains are also so geared into social media right now as well in videos of even section one and two or one when you're talking about like legal court cases as to why things have to be in contracts and why things take a certain order i'm thinking like a mock courtroom could be super helpful like a landscape court and that could just be really fun because you're right when you see it you get it for some people like me especially it's like you see it you get it And yeah, I just think that's a part that's missing too. I want there to be more graphic stuff throughout all the sections because that is what was helpful in section four was like, I felt more confident with certain answers because it was visual, like a drag and drop or a, yeah, matching the drag and drop was super, yeah, super helpful. No, that's that. I love that. Let's act out arbitration. Let's act out litigation. Let's act, you know, what is the tort? Like, show me. I love it. Um, I think that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Landscape court. We'll make sure that's something that is ours. I, I don't know if anyone's court. running to make that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can. So be careful want- with your ideas. Then you'll end up like me and years later have spent thousands of hours. <laughs> so I'm already there. I already know that's where I'm at, Claire. So don't worry. Just be like, we're kindred spirits in that. Here I am on a podcast that I stumbled into while also having a job as a landscape designer. So... Yep. Yep. You're, already, you're doing a great job on the podcast. Thank you for doing what you do with this podcast. There's when, when you invited me to be on the show, I went to my Google podcast. I'm an Android user. Just went to my Google podcast and typed in the landscape nerd. And I listened to a bunch of your stuff and you're really doing the world of landscape architecture, a huge service. So really appreciate it. Oh, that makes me feel so happy and warm, but also it feels like super, feels super special coming from you because we're trying to do it to make the profession better. It's not like a self-serving thing i know there's obviously some goals we want to meet but the intention is to help absolutely yeah this is a way that i'm giving back yeah that's that's how i see it and that's what it is is a way to give back to the profession okay so we have a few minutes left and i wanted to give you my feedback 
Yes, please do. Taking yeah. it. So overall, it was just so helpful and so amazing because the layout on it, its own, the fact that it looks like the LARE is priceless because that part of the testing anxiety for me is that's what the hard thing is. I don't know what these questions are going to look like and I don't know how it's going to look like in the test. So when I study the materials, that's great. But if I don't know how it's going how I'm going to have to use that information to answer the question, I get anxious about it. And so the fact that it looks like the test was just phenomenal. I appreciate that feedback. And I've actually had people reach out when I, the beginning of the spring testing period, I had the test where you couldn't open up any other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. You had to stay on one screen. And I did that to protect the integrity of the test. I did that because I didn't want people to screenshot it and then send it to their friends. And so I did that to protect the integrity of the test. But from the feedback that I received from some of my customers was, hey, I want to be able to use the, the calculator like you can in the real exam. And I could do that on my computer. That's a really good point. And so now I have changed that. And so now you can use the calculator just like you would be able to in the real exam or have, we don't offer a digital whiteboard service, but you could pull up like a paint or something and use that as a whiteboard. So it's more applicable to how the actual exam is laid out on that digital format through a computerized testing system. So I've actually, like I said, I've actually changed things and tweaked things according to people's feedback. So that's great to hear. And like I said, please give me the rest of your feedback because we want to constantly evolve and stay current with what people's needs are for this exam. And I I love that you did make that adjustment because I noticed it from when I took, when I was prepping for test three to then when I was prepping for test four, that you had changed that you can't. Ah, I had noticed it. So I was like right in the middle of it. So I was like, oh, (laughs) I read a note of, oh, I'm going to make sure I let her know how like that impacted the like test taking. So for me, as much as I am a big thinker, I do. I love me some parameters because if I know how to work within the system, then I can figure it out. And I just took the test through without using other things, which kind of was helpful because it did make me rely on myself. In a moment, in a moment of, oh, okay, the whiteboard doesn't work or in the real life exam where there's lagging. And I don't know if we talk about this enough in, <laughs> with the computers as it's wonderful, but there is a lag. And yes. so like when using the whiteboard, it's not as smooth or mm-hmm. the calculator works a little differently than like normal calculators. So I just feel like me being able to rely on myself was really helpful when I couldn't get out of the screen. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you have the ability to make it an option. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good feedback too, because the other downside of allowing people to move over to whiteboard or move over to a calculator is you can also Google things, right? Yeah. You can go to another <laughs> tab and, hey, tell me about this erosion control. What is this? So there's pros and cons to that. And again, we're always trying to evolve our software to where we can hone in on what test takers' needs are and try to try to replicate the test as best as possible. So that's really good feedback to hear. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, there was something about that certain pressure of, okay, this time you can't get out of it. So you got to like really... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you're like gotta face it and it built my confidence right like I could still get answers wrong but I was more confident because I was taking it as if like I I knew I wasn't going to be able to google something right there wasn't that safety net 
of I'm going to get the score that I got. And then I can go and see and do the studying and use the Googling and all that stuff. But I got the score that I got. And so that was helpful. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is good to just get that baseline. Okay, this is where I am without any outside help. And again, you can take the test as many times as you want. Okay, now let's look at which ones did I not understand? Let's go study that material. And then let's come back and re- retake it. And test one and two for each section, they are different questions. So mm-hmm. they're entirely different. So you could also take test two, studying that, you know, that content and then give yourself a new baseline. Okay, now that I've studied more, where do I land? Um, then the other piece of feedback, which is like something I'm sure you're aware of more tests, because for me, this method is the most effective method out there for me. The way that I learn is like taking that practice exam, getting your baseline, understanding what things you need to study. And then to, because it's such a long period that you're studying for, right? So if I get through that test, that could be one. And then I study and then I can take another test midway to see where I am. And then taking another test to then like another baseline is what my brain would really want. So I could know that I knew this stuff and it wasn't just me remembering the answers from the previous test. Obviously it takes a lot to make these things, but that's the thing where I'm like, yeah, in the future, more of these types of exams, because the benefit I think really lies in the framework of the test, like how it's set up and looking like the layer you can get test fatigue, you know, where you've taken it so many times, you're not actually testing yourself anymore. You just know what the answer is. And I think I'm always worried about that because I, yeah, just, I just always worry about that because you're in a worried state of being like <laughs> when you're taking the exam. So yeah, it's another, it's just like another thing. I'm trying to think if there's anything else immediately. And we do, I have started offering, I launched our social media side in January. Yeah of this year. And so I do have little pop quizzes that pop up through reels and stories. And just while you're riding the subway, oh, okay, let's go through, let's do a couple of these questions. Let's test my knowledge just to always keep it in front of people. It's really so great. And I've tried to do little very short 30 second clips of like, all right, let's do a little mini clip of a subject matter here and explain what stationing is or explain a couple of grading topics or Things like that, just to, again, you're riding on the subway and, oh, look, this pops up. Yeah, that reminds me, I really do need to dive into that and learn that a little bit more. And okay, that's cool. That's just a quick little visual reference here of what things are. Tried to, again, it's part of our mission of being accessible right. to, to everyone. I just love that. I think the fact that you're figuring out what works is super important because it's not taking the stance of assuming that you know what works. You're like, open to the feedback and that helps everybody this is all part of the process and I think it scratches my creative itch that we all have (laughs) as landscape (laughs) architects so it's creating something for anybody that's listening that has taken the pass the LERE test please reach out with feedback there's a contact us on the website where you can type in a message and it sends it directly to me. Please reach out, give me what your feedback is. The This is, again, we're striving to create this resource for you. So please let me know if there's anything you liked, you didn't like, subject matter that you felt could be covered better or differently. Please give me the feedback. Excellent. Thank you so much, Claire, for coming onto the episode and talking to us about past the LARE. Please, everyone who's listening, go check out the website, pastthelre.com, and take a look for yourself. 
I think you're really going to enjoy it. She also mentioned the Instagram. It's also at past the LARE. And, you know, there are a couple little questions on there, little pop-up quizzes, like she said, and they are kind of fun to just do it really quickly. So thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure nerding out with you, but I also want to say good luck to anyone who's about to take the exam. You're not alone and we're happy to help. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon.